G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are reviewing round one, recapping all of the carnage, all of the players that went off, and all of the ideas for our week one trades. Let's go! Welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy and joined, as always, by the uh, very up and about, happy as ever could be, Luke Rojo. How are you, mate? Mate, all I can say is, fuck me dead. What, <laughs> what a round of fantasy footy. So, uh, sorry kids if you're listening along, but yeah, there, there'll, the, there'll, be a, there'll be an E on, on this episode, Put the explicit tag straight on it, mate. It was, I mean... As painful as parts of it were to watch for me, it's why you play AFL Fantasy, isn't it? It's, it follows all the same narratives as footy. You have the ups, you have the downs, you put in the hard work, it doesn't guarantee shit. Um, so it just so happens that your yeah. downs were, were, were right from the get-go. Yeah, should <laughs> I monologue straight up? Should I let everyone know why I'm so yeah, down? Yeah, let, let it rip. Get it off your chest, mate. Let us all know what happened on your, your so, weekend uh, round one fantasy footy. So come Friday sort of afternoon, uh, I was sort of having a look at my structure and I thought I'm probably one too many rookies on the ground. So, so I think you were rocking with seven last week. Yeah, right? and, yeah, and I thought to myself, I thought of the rookie options that I had there, I was confident on, confident on six of them and then the seventh would have been a 200K that I wouldn't have been super happy with. It was probably, it was Chandler yeah. at that point. <laughs> so you I thought, confident with Chandler. So I thought, okay, I'm not confident with Chandler, so I've got to rejig things. Obviously, um, Sherry... Is named as the solo ruck, so yep. I think to myself after a bit of consideration, you I had think English okay. Before then, well, what I do, yeah, I had English before then. What I do is I go down to, to Sherry to get some cash, and then I, I get uh, Chandler up to Callahan. So it's all looking alright. Mm-hmm. And then first quarter of that North Melbourne West Coast game, sitting pretty. Jerry's looking good. He's looking like he's on track for a hundred. Look like a great. Oh, pick. the roll's there, and that's what we look yeah. for. The roll's there, and yeah. then um, he goes and puts his ankle under somebody. Yeah, someone falls on his leg. So, look, at that point, I was quite obviously devastated, but I I held some sort of, um, you know, like happiness in the fact that it it looked like, in terms of the role, it actually was a good pick. I I hadn't made a bad pick. It was just bad luck. Just bad luck with the injury. And then... um, 3.56% owned as well. So, when you're you're on an island over there with a unique... It's, uh, it's a lonely, lonely place. Although, it seemed like there was a few people out there on Twitter that shared your pain. I think Roy, uh, the traders, also included but in that. What pissed me off the most was then having to sit back, watching English go big, and then the guy who I was unsure about his fucking job security, Chandler, pops <laughs> yeah, out 100 as well. the guy that you were trying to avoid. He goes, ton, yeah. And then... And um, then to top it off on Sunday. Well, Sunday, I, I, was, I was thinking, God, I... I Back in business here. Josh Kelly's scoring well. The yeah. role's there. We've picked a, a somewhat unique player. He's going really well. And then he goes and headbutts Riley O'Brien. And well, I think Riley O'Brien headbutts him and well, knocks him out. And yeah. It was whatever the fuck it was. It wasn't pretty <laughs> for me. I was pissed off. Oh, mate. Why do we play this game, right? It's, yeah. uh, it, can be, it can be brutal. It can be brutal. So I had um, a look, for context too, I had a look at, at our teams and yep. really... It, there's a couple of differences, but really the only difference on the weekend between our teams was kind of the rucks, yep. and that's the difference between 
29,000 rank and I think 4,000 rank. So in the first round, it's a shocker, but... I got to hike the comeback trail now, so that's it, mate. Put it all hey, behind well, me. let's let's think about it this way: you've got extra trades more than we've ever had before. You've yep. got an extra round this year. You've got an extra buy round this year as well. So, <laughs> if you're ever going to make a big comeback, this is the year to yeah, do it. So, um, and I would I would say that's everyone else out there. Like, say you had a shocker like Luke, and uh, through no fault of your own, man. Like Josh Kelly looked like he was a great pick. Oh, Tristan Jerry looked like he was a great pick. <laughs> um, those of you who had Tom Stewart out there as well. Um, you know, a few fantasy-relevant bullets out there in round one. Uh, don't worry. Keep your head up. It's a long season. We will get you through this, guys. Don't worry. It'll, yeah. it'll, uh, yeah. it'll, it'll all come out in the wash <laughs> later. And, uh, and I know because I, I've, I've dodged some bullets, I'm by no means, you know... Thinking it's, um, that I'm invincible, like it's one round of footy. Let's uh, let's sort of wait yeah. and see what everything else. I mean, if it was easy, it wouldn't be enjoyable. That's yeah. right. You know what I mean? That's so. right. So, so we'll rise from the ashes and get you going. We so, push on. So today's podcast, uh, we're going to be um, going through some of the uh, all, all of the games. Now we've yep. already gone through the Thursday night game, Collingwood and uh, sorry, Carlton and Richmond. Yep. So if you haven't already checked that one out, go and check out our most previous podcast or video over there. And uh, before we get started, guys, if you if you're watching over on YouTube, let us know what you think about the setup here let us know what you think about the the new foliage new, new digs new foliage <laughs> and, and setup and, we're trying and, to do uh, some footage so hopefully yeah. the camera quality and the, the video quality is nice and crisp well we'll see uh, how we go we'll, we'll see we can, <laughs> cross, try to live up to that no I guess it could go to shit straight away yeah, so yeah, yeah. so uh but let's get stuck into these games starting with uh collingwood and the rainy premiers in geelong um starting off let's start off with the collingwood side your yep. boy who was your first picked player in AFL <laughs> Fantasy this year. Nick Dacos, I think, is the biggest talking point here, going for 114, 35 disposals, 7 marks, uh, 14 handballs, 21 kicks, so a nice 2-to-1 kick-to-handball ratio there. Yeah, um, yeah, he looked like an absolute jet, running free throughout the game yes. as well. Yeah, so he's a gun, and there's the, neither of us have ever denied the fact that he's a gun. I think what we ended up doing was fading him based on his early draw. And I think um, if if you want to get on Dacos, then you know if you didn't have him and you want to get on him, um, I, I wouldn't begrudge you doing that for sure. But also consider the fact that... Um, Geelong effectively let him run around by himself for the whole game and yeah. then ended up losing that game. So to me, I'm, gonna, I'm staying firm. I really don't have a choice because I've got to use my trades elsewhere. <laughs> but I'm staying firm on that one yeah. because I just I don't think that, uh, that teams are going to let him do that to them. Especially the team that he's got in round two. So he comes up yep. against Port Adelaide, who, yep. um, you know, if they can hold Josh Dunkley to a, you know, 70 score, mm. um, I think they're going to be a little bit more accountable on a play like Dacos. Last year, they were, I think, the hardest team to score against for defenders. Um, and again, it's only been one game sample size, might be different this year, but so far, this year supports last year's data as well. Yep. Very restrictive team. Um, Dacos could come out and prove us wrong again. Like, I'm not ruling definitely. that out. And I definitely. As down as I was compared to consensus prior to the preseason game, like I still was considering him. Like he was still yeah. very much a possibility to make my side. He's in my super coach team. Yeah. Um, I do think he's a really good player, and he is definitely a gun. Um, so he's not the worst guy to jump on. Yeah. I think that you know, say you've got a Tom Stewart, mm. then a Nick Dacos isn't the worst guy. I had to him in the draft team. So go, go down it just to gets better. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you copped it from all angles, draft everything. Um, let me just actually check: is Stewart? 
uh, 7.75 and Dacos is now actually 7.88. So you actually have to find a bit of money to <laughs> go, go up, up to, him. to Dacos now. <laughs> the which, irony. Which does suck. So um, unfortunate there. But I still think that that is an okay sort of sideways move yes. to, to do. Yep. Um, and maybe another guy that we'll talk about a little bit later as an option to fix that up. So I think yep. that's still a play, especially if you have one of those injured players. But I don't know if it's one that you maybe, you know, say you had... McGrath or something like that. Yeah. It might feel a little bit sidewaysy to go yeah. McGrath to him at this stage, especially with the tough opponent coming up. Yeah, with those kind week. of with those kind of trades, just maybe give it a second week. Like everyone comes out, they make their preseason predictions, and then round one happens and goes, Oh, everyone was wrong about Dacos. Oh, everyone was this about this. Yeah. And you go like, Well, hang on a second, played one game. Yeah, so everyone game. you know, cool the jets a little bit. But it takes also, more than one game to we talked about this during the game as well. Had 35 disposals, yep. had seven marks, zero tackles. He had 114. It's it's a good score, yep. but it's not it's not 130. It's not 140. Like, is this almost now? Maybe expecting to have a couple more tackles, so maybe his ceiling is more that like 120 zone. I don't know if we're going to see that like 140 ceiling from a player like Dacos necessarily, which maybe some of those other premium midfield, sorry, other premium defenders like a. Uh, um, Dawson and yeah. a Sinclair and a Doherty have. Yeah. I, so to me, I don't know. You can kind of look at this two different ways. Yeah, I, I slightly disagree. I think he does have a ceiling, but for me, it all depends what the other team decides to do. Yeah. Um, it, the with how thirsty he is for the ball, if the team lets him run around looking for the ball, the other team, sorry, you know, he could score one forty. Um, but we just don't expect teams to get beaten by what they know. Yeah, I, I expected Geelong to put a bit more pressure on him, but mm. obviously they didn't do that, and uh, they'll be reevaluating that. Um, let's be. touch on a couple other guys a little bit quicker yep. on this game. Jordan Dugowie scored 113 points, 25 disposals, eight marks, two tackles. Um, I think he also kicked uh, three goals in this game as well. Yeah. Uh, anything for us to get excited about at Jordan Dugowie? I know some people went him. He's yeah, fairly good on unique, you. but. Um, I personally don't think this is someone that we need to jump on. No, I think that's the kind of thing that I want to see two or three times to then go, yeah, that's a pattern there. Yeah. Because yeah. he's, he's always capable of scoring big. And he was, it's not a role change in my eyes. Like, he was big. I think he was the number one CBA guy last year. Yeah. And he was high in the CBAs on this game as well. well take, if he doesn't, let's say he doesn't kick those three goals. So he's kicking a goal. That's nine points. Take away, what's yeah. that? Nine, 18, so 27 points. 80. And- 90. Sorry. And then nobody's yeah. talking about it, are they? Yeah, so, so I, think, I think that's something that I wouldn't... If you've got him, obviously, keep him in your team, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't definitely. necessarily be looking to trade him in, yep. even though he is a little bit cheaper. Tom Mitchell is someone that I think the alarm bells were ringing in the preseason, and so far, at least, they've rung true. Yep. Um, 84 points, plus the fact that he also kicked two goals. Just, um, you know, and there were some good moments. He did some good things in that game. Yeah. It was very yeah, instrumental no in that win, but... Just, I don't think he's going to come through with the AFL fantasy stats uh, for us. So, um, yeah, I just don't think that... Yeah, if you have him on your team, I think he is a kind of a guy that I think might be a priority trade-out as soon as you could and yeah. jump on one of those guys that do... Well, I think Tom Green's fly. around that that price if you wanted to go there. Yeah, uh, we'll probably, talk about him a bit more later. I, I, I'd, be, I'd be ticking off that move. Yep. Um, anyone else that you wanted to have a touch on? Oh, I do want to have a touch Tana. on the yeah, Geelong side, Tanner yeah. Broon. So Tanner Broon was an interesting one because at halftime it was looking like a really, really good pick. And then yeah, it, he had 45 it, at half? Yeah, and there was there was some time on ground issues there, weren't mm. there? And, and all throughout the preseason we spoke about it and other people spoke about it as well. 
you know, Geelong just seemed like a, a hard team to trust in terms of what they consistently do, not even game to game, but within the game. And that was kind of, uh, I think, shown in Tanner And he, was, he started really strong. And it looked like he was getting the job done for them. And then for it some reason, yeah. for some reason, he came off. And it almost coincided with them, with uh, Collingwood then turning that game around. So that was an yeah. interesting one. He Jack Bowes maybe coming back to this team. I'm not yeah. sure when Duncan's coming back to this team as well. So if I was on him, um, I'd be looking to to trade him to someone else who who seemingly popped potentially. Yeah, he's an interesting one. I think he might be a little bit lower down the priority list depending on how many fires you've got to put out and yep. how many rookies you might have missed. But yep. if you're in a really luxurious position, he might be someone that if you can move him to someone else in your team, whether that be through a bit of DPP in the midfield or. Yep. or in the forward line, then I think that is an okay move. Like, say you could get him to, like, a Warpool or or one of those guys that did pop in the first round, I would definitely tick that off. But there is still a world that he comes out in as a good pick, and if, if he gets the role they had in that first half, it works out. I personally yeah. just don't necessarily trust Geelong, but if you picked him, you disagree with me in the beginning anyway. So, true. Um, you know, you might be right, I might be right. Um, there was a scenario where I nearly went... Um, and this is like this is the bullets and the sliding doors moments just before when we were talking about You're not those, gonna rub it in, are you? I, I will a little bit, so <laughs> cover your ears, mate. But I had Jared Witts in my ruck just, um there and I was thinking, toying up the idea of going him down to a Tristan Jerry, yeah. getting a basement rookie like yeah. um Is that that's right before you told me to do that or Yeah, well, <laughs> well you had I'm more throwing you under the bus now. <laughs> you had more rookies than I did. So you had nah, you I'm had joking. seven, I had six. I was trying to get to five rookies on field. Yep. Um and I was gonna get Brun on for I think it was like a Noah Long. And to do that, I would also have to go a Jack Steele down to a Josh Kelly as well. Oh. So I would have brought in the Sliding two guys that eight. you had, but don't have either of them now. So it's all right. it is just a game. Yeah, I like think it, it made it easier for me to stomach that they looked like good picks. Yeah. If they came out and just stunk it up and then got injured, I you know I might not have showed up today. <laughs> yeah, at least <laughs> but, you, could, you could proudly say that they look like they yeah, were going to do what you told them We've to spent do. all this money on a fern, and I wasn't even going to show up. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next game, which was the uh, the dreaded Jerry game, which is the North Melbourne versus West Coast But Eagles. some good things I thought to come out of it. Some good Your things, boy. including our boy. Our boy, we'll share on this Thank one. Thank you, man. I appreciate uh, that. I L- need that win. <laughs> LDU, Luke Davies, Uniac. He looks like a great player. Yeah. I think you mentioned this one of the few times you've actually watched him play over in North Melbourne. Yeah, I mean, doesn't he look good? Yeah, and you, you definitely opened my eyes to that one a little bit because I, I didn't watch a lot of North Melbourne, I'll, I'll admit, last year. But um, he does. He looks like everything that you want in a fantasy player. High CBAs, high time on ground. And um, even though he didn't go monstrous in this game, I I think it was a 106, 108. Um, 108 I think yep. everything that we saw sort of exhibited to us that he's in that role. Um, I think... Yeah. Like yeah. 12, 12 kicks, 20 handballs, perhaps that might even up a yep. bit. Only one mark in that game. He's definitely had lots of games where he's exceeded that as well. So, so for so me, that tells me if he's popped out of 108, there's room to go up there, from there. There is, in my opinion, yeah. yeah. It's I not think like he's got an even distribution of stats and he's only hit a 108. That's right. 80, 87%. <coughs> he was the main guy in the middle there. Yeah. So uh, for those of you guys who have him in your team, um, I think he's a great pick. I was... In on him in the preseason, everything I saw ticked all those boxes. I think that if you do have someone like a Josh Kelly and don't have an LDU, you could I still there. personally think I would trade an LDU in over a Tom Green as yeah. an example. Um, well, this is the thing with Green is, is in my mind, I don't want to admit defeat straight away because we saw this at the start of last year. Yes. And he, over, the course, call, over yeah. the course of the season, he kind of ended up having, you know... a. I won't call it a mediocre season, but it wasn't what we expected. And the other the thing too is... The role was a bit more all over the shot, which we expect to be a bit better this year. Exactly. We've we've been pretty public in saying that we, 
our concern for him is the marks. And mm. people will say to us, hey, he had his marks, Luka Mitch. You don't know your I'm ass from your I'm elbow. definitely rethinking my thoughts on him. Yeah. You definitely have to, I think. But also, like, one game can prove whatever you want it to prove. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I, from a different well, I can go back one game and show you a game he had zero marks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you show me a game he's got six marks. Maybe next week I'll show you another game where he's got zero. I think... Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to poo-poo anyone and there's there's every chance that he's a, a season-winning pick and if you're on him and, and that's good, I, I hope you go really well. Um, but I'm still somewhat sceptical. Yeah. We'll talk a bit more as the sort of... We've got time to refresh and yeah. about our, our trade targets and sort of yeah. what they are in terms of priorities. But I guess uh, straight off the top, number one priority, if you don't have this man, Harry Sheasel, he <laughs> is the absolute yeah. number one must-have player in your AFL fantasy side. 118, I think... If I just look at my team, I think he might have been second highest scorer. Tied second highest. Oh, sorry. Tied third highest with a Hayden Young on my side. So 118 from your debut. Uh, played How friendly on the was that new role? role. Oh, Ooh. my goodness. And we won't mention the fact that I dropped him uh, before the game to get uh, a Sammy Traper on my draft team after I found out that Bruce was not named in the side. Just shambles over a mission in the draft. Sucks. But. Uh, yeah, Harry Sheasel, 34 disposals, 22 kicks, 9 marks, didn't even get a tackle, didn't need him. Three, uh, 631 metres gained, 86% time on ground. I think the coach has already come out and said that he'll play that same role next week at yeah. least. Oh, you'd uh, have to. You'd be silly not crazy to move him back to the forward line after that. So He's he's not, um, you know, don't get it twisted. I, I don't think he's as good as Dacos, but he looked a bit... Like Dacos. He looked Dacos-ish, yeah. Yes, yeah. So he gave me like Dacos-Nick Martin vibes. People might comment, yeah, he's played one game, yeah, I get it. But just in terms of like the way he moved and the he way looked, he went about he it. He looked composed and like clean. Yeah, he did. I, I really liked what I saw. I liked Harry Sheasel. So impressive. he is an absolute... If you don't have him, get him in. make sure he's your number one priority. Yep. Um, the other rookie on this this game as well, Ruben Jimby. Again, probably number two priority if you don't have him. We yep. should all have these guys in our yeah. side. They are the absolute must-have guys. Um, what did he have? 12 tackles. For the young man. In 72% time on ground, that could still come up. Um, it's beast mode, hey? Yeah, so he's definitely someone we're happy he's having built for on it too. our ground. I want to talk to you about Jack Siebel. Uh, the Z-Bull, as the uh, the traders would call him. Where The problem is where you can get him. So you know what a, I mean? He's a forward. Exactly. So that's... Say, say you had someone like another guy in this, this game, Tom Powell. Say you had a Tanner Brune. Um, are you maybe trying to swing them to a player like Jack Zebra, who I think is just a little bit more expensive in the 500k? Let me just have a look. The role looked very friendly, but... Um, he made 35k in that game, and his well, break-even is now down at 36. So he's going to continue to make more money. Yeah. Are if they going plays... to continue to chip it around like they did in that game, do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be quite as friendly as it was for him on the weekend. Like, he took nine marks, but if he's playing in that particular role, then it does lend itself to higher numbers. I think if I was to um, make a call on it now and he stays in that role, I'd say with certainty that he's going to outperform what he's priced at. It's just whether you can find something better elsewhere, um, depending on your team structure as well. Yeah. Who would you... And again, I was skipping ahead. Just... Uh, again, we're we're early in the week at this stage, but who would you rather, him or a Jason Horn Francis? Him, as he will. Yeah, yeah. I think I might prefer I th- him too. I think the role is friendlier than what you might have with a Jason Horn Francis. I know that he sort of popped a little bit on the weekend as well, mm-hmm. and and I know a few people were on that. But I think in the role that he's playing, there's the potential for. Um, you know, him to go missing in patches in that role. Yep. And the other thing too is they... Very similarly priced, I will say. They wiped the floor with the Lions in the end. And 
their highest scoring fantasy player scored 95. So yeah. it's one game. I'm not going to come out and say that that's like a straight up concern, but it's just something to, I guess. I guess, I guess my view is I think that Jack Siebel's performance here is more repeatable than a Jason uh, Horn Francis. Yeah, I think it's a good way of putting it. Week to week. Um, and Horn Francis, I think, is someone that I still have a bit more of that impact player tag on him there as well. Yeah. Uh, anything else we need to touch on from this player? Let's let's talk about Tristan Jerry. What what are your plans yeah. for Tristan Jerry? And what do you think other people who have the unfortunate <laughs> circumstance that you have? Yeah. What do you think they should be looking at and what to do with him? Yeah, we always said from the start that if you did choose to go for a mid price option and something went wrong, you you cooked yourself a little bit. And I, I mean, I was saying that the whole preseason. I ended up doing it. So some people go, oh, you you knew what you were getting into, but. You don't pick an injury like that, I don't you think. Can't, you can't pick a bloke just falling on his leg so, one quarter into the season. You know, at the moment, I suck it up, but at this point, it's now time to cough up. Um, yeah, it's a so, bit of a restructure. Yeah, so depending on uh, what you might have done with the rolling lockout on the weekend, it yep. sort of depends on how much cash you might have to make with that second trade. So I was actually pretty fortunate in the end. I chose to go, after that happened, I chose, chose to go Dawson down to Hayden Young, which actually ended up scoring me points um, on the weekend, but also made me a heap of cash to now use yeah. on that Jerry thing. So I'm going to have to fix Kelly and Sherry, uh, which means Kelly will come down to um, one of those guys that popped. It could even be a Tom Green. Mm-hmm. It could be... Um, um, who am I thinking of? I can't think of the name. Just it dropped in, dropping down a slight price bracket, yeah. and then I'll be going straight from Jerry up you've already to, got a bit of bank of cash I there. do. I yeah. do have a little bit of cash, and so I'll be going um, no mucking around either straight to English or, um, you know, potentially Witsy's going to have a low break even now. He could continue to climb the ranks there. So I also think Sean Darcy's a good shout as well. Um, he scored a ton against yep. a very strong opposition in um, Rowan Marshall. I was very much considering... Uh, Wits and um, a Sean Darcy in yeah. my starting squad. I had the 50k kind of left there. <laughs> I don't know. There's something dirty about just um, you know having 50k sitting on your bank. Yeah. So I just wanted to spend it. I knew you had a good matchup, and I also had that buy round as sort of a bit of a a um, you know, tiebreaker. Yeah. So I think that that sort of that led me that way. Look, it's very early. Obviously, Wits had a great game, but I think that next week we could just as easily see Sean Darcy be the one going big and, and yeah. Wits dropping back. So Luke um, Jackson didn't have much of the role at all on the weekend, which I found no, interesting. No, yeah, it was so, very much like, I think, like 75-25 split see, that's between weird. the two, two do you, players. Do you think that's weird? He's been traded across there, I'm, I'm assuming. He, he's going home, I think, but yeah. I'm assuming also for more ruck opportunity. I think, I think they, the, the pitch with him was like that Blitzarves kind of was role. Was it? Okay. Um, where they see him more <laughs> Is that sort of that, yeah, like rover sort of type, very versatile wing, forward, midfield, okay. rock. Um, he's quite young still, but then, then again, so is Sean Darcy. But I think from what I've seen so far, I'd be confident enough going up to a Sean Darcy if, for example, you can't get up to a Jared Witts or a Tim English as well. So yep. I would probably tick all three of those options off. Any cheaper options that you think are worthwhile considering, whether it be a Laddams or someone like uh, Scott Lysette <laughs> now that he's over the Brisbane matcher. Uh, mate, it would not be wise, would yeah, it? I feel like I don't <laughs> think anyone would advise me to just go for more heartache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I I personally do agree that you should probably Look, I'm, try I'm sweating just, just thinking about mentioning those names. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it makes you nervous. So, I mean, look, not to say those other guys are the most, you know... Uh, 
likely to stay injury free, especially with English and and Sean Darcy's oh. history as well. So you can't you can't be picking your team based on unlikely injuries. Like if, yeah. you, if you're picking Aaron Hall and he gets injured, then you're probably entitled yeah. to cop a bit of I told yeah. you so. But n- not with guys who don't have that history. Yeah. So I think I think get up to the, one of those three. I think it's probably yep. the ones that we're looking at, and um, and uh, it might require a bit of a restructure for you to do so. But let's move on to the next game let's here, which was you have the next game. Yeah, Port me? and the Lions. We yeah, kind this of, one will be a bit of a quick one. So we've talked yeah. about Jason Horn Francis uh, straight off the bat. Looks like he had a really good game. Came in waves, I think, from memory. Um, sort of kicked the first goal, then went on a dry spell for a little yeah. bit, and then came on really strong at the end of the first or start of the second quarter. Had a yeah. big third quarter as well. So um, this is the kind of flow of the game that makes me a little bit worried for Jason Horn Francis. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on a player like him? Uh, and do Because like, he's in a fair amount of sides. I think he's... Like fifteen or sixteen yeah. percent owned, and to be um, fair, those sides 18%. have been those sides have been proved right on the weekend, haven't yeah, they? In absolutely. terms of where it's he's priced, so, so so well done to those people who who picked it. Um, like I said, you know, I mentioned it before, and you just touched on it then as well. Is I think in that role, there's the potential to have those big spurts, but then there could also be some dry spells there. Um, the other thing, the reason maybe I'm not quite as interested is because I just don't feel like I can make a structure. Uh, make my structure work to mm. get him in the side, uh, particularly when I've got you know a lot of shit to fix up as well in the coming days. Yeah, yeah. So he's um, what does he price at five seventy two? So he's pretty close to that sort of mid sixties in in price stat figures, yeah. uh, mid to high sixties. So what do we expect him to do from here on out? Like, what did he have on the weekend? He had was it a ninety on the weekend? Yeah, it was ninety two or something like that. I think. Do you have it in front of you? I'm struggling to find it. I do have it in front of me. It was bang on the 90. Bang on the 90. Okay. So, yeah, what do we... Do we expect that to be... Like, I I kind of feel like he's a low to mid-80s is sort of my projection there. Where would you peg him at? Yeah, for me, it it almost... I know it's not, but it feels a bit like his rookie season. Yeah. He could conceivably, I think, go 90, but I think it's more likely to be 80s. Yeah, and I mean that still probably makes him a good pick, doesn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah. If it's if it's eighty five, it's twenty points under still that what you're paying. Yeah. at the moment. So the question is like how many of, how many of these guys can you fit in? Because we're about in the next sort of half an hour, we're about to talk about a heap of guys that are sort of priced either in that range or below. Who, based on week one, we are expecting them to outperform their average. So yeah. how you know are you going to be able to pick them all? Can you win without picking them all? Yeah. Um, can you just read me out his stat line there? Like, what did yep. he have in terms of disposals? Marks, so, goals? one one goal, one, 25 touches, 17 kicks, eight handballs, two marks, and three tackles. So, it's a pretty, like, diverse line. He yeah. found a lot of the pills. So, you know, he, there's he's definitely... Had, he's had games like this before. Like, I'm looking at a game last last year, round four against the Swans, uh, 23 disposals, four marks, five tackles, uh, 16 kicks, seven handballs. Like, it's pretty similar, 94 points. Um, he followed it up the next week with a 56 uh, and then a 67, 52. So I still, for me personally, would want to see this happen more consistently. I don't know if I'm ready to launch into it straight away um, as a guy that I'm moving across or jumping ship if one of my mid-prices have failed. Yeah, I definitely prefer what I saw from him and his role than someone like a Tanner Brune and someone like a Tom Powell. Yeah. Um, but, of course, there is that price difference. Yeah. So, We're not poo-pooing him as a pick, but it just takes a lot to be a trade target, doesn't for me, it? For me, personally, I haven't quite seen enough, but it wouldn't shock me if he comes out and has a big uh, a big season. So, yeah. And a lot of people are on him as well. 
So we'll just sort of have to see how that goes. Uh, Rosie went really, really well. Yep, tick. Um, so that, that's a, obviously a big tick. The role was excellent. Um, let's talk about... Talk about Josh Dunkley. Yeah, Dunkley. I think, I think everyone should trade him out. What do you think? Yeah, let's trade him out. Get, Get rid of him. Bus. Get him out. Don't, yeah. Look, do you, there's no He's need to... average 70. Don't hold. I'd, I'd be trading him out if I were you. Uh, well, actually, we, I want to I talk to you about uh, we 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 were sort of on the uh, the the not captaining Dunkley early. You we, said it on we, Casey's captains. We, we advised people. I mean, he was on the list, but he was down the list. He, he was, was. He was. He was down the list. I think he was like six or seven. Yeah, or you can't like that. Not behind, put him on the list. Behind Doherty, behind uh, Bailey Smith, behind Clayton. And Oliver. why did you do it, Mitch? Uh, well, Port they were the hardest team to score against last year. Again, we're going into it. It's in Port Adelaide. Look, Josh Dunkley is a gun, yep. and he will definitely bounce back. Agreed. In fact, um, not to get, jump too far ahead, he will be pretty, pretty high on my captain's list so far, and I think yeah. for my team in particular, he might be wearing the VC going into the round. Just to clarify, don't actually trade him. No, <laughs> don't trade him. Don't. I, I would be We were being him. sarcastic. Um, but obviously, if you, if you were one of the very few teams out there that didn't start with the Josh Dunkley, this is... You know, perfect for you. He's going to drop in price. Um, he does have a big ceiling, so maybe he could reach his break even, which is yeah. a very lofty uh, 140. But he could easily reach that this round. Um, but I, I'm not worried about him. I think that he, I think he's from memory, his hand to handball to kick ratio was was well down. Didn't take any marks from memory as well. That's not going to be the norm moving forward. The yeah, role was so a tick. three kicks, 16 handballs. Yeah. First. You're not going to see that very often. Nah. He tackled still. Nine tackles, but um, no marks. But no marks. That's that's going to uh, yeah. adjust as we go off. Yeah. off. So I'm, I'm not worried about Josh Dunkley. You know, it's a shit score, but... You, you don't trade a premium more. like that for that. No, he's, he's still clearly, to me, going to be number one. Maybe Timmy Taranto might be able to make a push, but um, no, I don't think that you really have to be worried about that one at all. Yep. Um... Who else do we need to talk about? We could just here? briefly mention um, Darcy Wilmot as a as sort of a D. Um, I still see him as a D seven or D eight option still on your bench. So, I, I wouldn't see him as bring him onto your field. So yeah, this is this is the, uh, uh, an issue that I'm facing with my team that D six position. So you kind of got Chester Cowan. You got Chester Cowan, Wilmot there as sort yeah. of your rookie price options. Are yeah. we comfortable with any of them on our field at the moment, or is this kind of a situation where we need to restructure our side to try and maybe get? another mid-price defender in there at some point. Depends who you don't have. I'll say it straight away, I'm not going to be able to do that. I don't have the luxury of doing that. But if yeah. let's say you didn't have a constable or you didn't have a day, yep. find a way potentially. I think constable is someone that while he's there, we have to have him. The, yeah. the, the chances are though, I think he had like 42% as his kicking efficiency. Or yeah, his efficiency. it's pretty so, stinky for a guy who's got a high kick to handball ratio as well. Yeah, so... I'm, Little concerned about how long we're going to have him there, but 87 yeah. from a guy who's priced around 300k is it's a great score. So yeah, um, yeah, he and Will Day I think was also um, you know someone that yeah. So they're achievable in terms of getting those guys in at a yeah. cheaper price. Your hand might be forced here. Like I, I don't think I'd be going to trade Wilmot of those three, but let's if say he scores Cowan. 49 against Port Adelaide. Like, is that encouraging that he's someone that yeah. maybe against a maybe easy team to score against? You know, Melbourne have been someone that, yeah. that gives up points to defenders and those sort of outside players a bit. He's a rookie as well. 49, it's like if it has a five in front of it, you're probably going like, yeah, that's pretty good. I think the, your hand could be forced in this situation if Cowan gets dropped. Yeah. He got subbed, so, you know, read into that what you will. Well, if um, Cowan gets dropped, what we could do is loop a player like Darcy Wilmot. Because see I what think, he scores. I think they play on the Friday night and then yeah. you can sort of decide whether or not you're going to take that or go somewhere else. That's a play. That's um, even a play with Kelly, I think, this week. 
um, in yeah. terms of although actually no, Kelly, I think now that not? I've now that I just thought of that, I'm pretty sure Carlton play on the Thursday night. So oh, okay, so you can't do yeah. So you but wouldn't be able to do that. It would only happen if Chesser was dropped, and then you could maybe loop Cowan if that was the case. Oh, but, okay, which you might not even want to do it anyway. Yeah, but. so we'll have to have to sort of see how that goes. But that okay. D six is something that I'm going to be thinking about before our podcast later in the week, and whether it's something that if you didn't have too much carnage, if it's something to look at fixing yep. up. Um, Should we move on to the next game? I think we're going to run out of time. So. Yeah, let's keep going. So, so we've got Doggies in Melbourne next. Now, you were just licking your lips to sit down and watch this one. And yeah. I, unfortunately, I had a prior commitment I couldn't watch, which I was a bit PO'd about. So we've made some big calls in the preseason, Luke. We've been pretty hot on a couple of dogs. We? Um, we? Nah. Yeah, <laughs> Don't no, be I'm jumping off now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Bailey Smith was obviously a guy that I was very keen to sit down and watch. And there's, there's a couple of different ways you can look at this. The glass half full in me says that I didn't like the way he was moving. He looks more fatigued than I've seen him in the past. He looks like he wasn't running as smooth and quickly and as powerfully as I've seen him in the past. Yet yeah. he still found his way in a in a game where they got beaten down pretty badly in the second half to a 96. Yep. Um, so glass half full of me says that, okay, he gets a couple of matches underneath him. Yep. The team actually does it a bit better um, in the coming weeks that he's going to be able to put... 20-plus points on those kind of a scores. Yeah. Um, the glass half empty in me is, okay, you know, there's talk about, like, interrupted preseason, which I know we pushed back a bit on in the start of the year, but yeah. is this something that is, you know, I think his uh, CBAs were down at 58%, but I do want to mention that I think that sometimes those CBA figures can be a bit misleading because sometimes, just based on the game flow, if, yeah. the, if, the, if the dogs or, you know, the demons kick three goals in a row... Yeah. No time's gone off the clock, but you're going to clock three CBAs. So exactly, they can sometimes be a bit misleading. I feel like it was a pretty even spread amongst their midfielders, um, yeah. which is kind of what we expected from the preseason. Yeah, and I think the the dogs' midfield fluctu- fluctuates a little bit with this performance, doesn't it? It's a, mm. Feels like a little bit of a front running midfield. So there's going to be teams that um, they like get who beat expected up by, Adam Trelaw to be the top <laughs> top scoring. Yeah. Uh, Dog, I know. I know. Dossie messaged me. Went, oh yeah, of course, Adam Trelaw. Why not have him as the, as the highest <laughs> so obvious. dog? So obvious. Seventy six percent. Sure. Um, but, but like, no. put it this way: if you did get on the Bailey Smith train, I don't think you're getting I'm, off. I'm it. not, I'm not there's, moving it. There's yeah. better, better. You don't things trade to do. your premiums; they're not the priority right now. Yeah, better um, we to do want to. We do want to watch players like that, especially because they are a bit more unique. Yep. Um, so maybe in the next few weeks, if we we get on top of all the rookies, we get on top of all the mid prices. Yep. And we have the luxury to trade one of those guys if he is underperforming. Yep. We can definitely do that, but not as of yet. I'm definitely giving him another week or two. I, th- I think the logic that we just spoke about kind of applies for Bontempelli, yep. uh, McRae. They're all reasonably similar in score. Like McRae's a little bit higher, but he kicked a goal there. Yep. So I, I don't think that you're pulling the pin on any of those guys now. I think yeah. there's bigger fish to fry. Yeah, and the good thing about Bont is like he scored 99. I think he's priced at 100. So he's basically... Yep. Gave it's you good. what you paid for. No um, problems. So I think... Move on. And he went off to a flyer, but kind of just faded at the end of that game yeah. when they started getting on top of him. What was your read on the Gorn roll? Because he's come out and he's scored 113. Yeah, so he looks bloody good, man. It's ridiculous, hey? Um, I think, again, you'd have the CBAs in front of you, but I think that he and Grundy were pretty even, but I think I saw somewhere that Grundy played more forward time and Gorn played a bit more of that floating across the back line time. Yeah, Grundy actually got more CBAs. Grundy so got more CBAs. 16-13. Yeah, so I think I remember seeing something like 60% forward time for, for Grundy. Or, or I'm probably butchering the stat, but he was definitely playing more forward than Gorn was. Yeah. Um, 
Gorn still managed to kick two goals, though. But he's just a great player. So, again, it wouldn't shock me if he comes out and he's the highest average in Ruckman this year. We weren't paying for that no. in the preseason because he was the most expensive. But, again, it wouldn't shock me if at some point we need to get Gorn into our side and it's just his talent shines through. I still feel like if you, if you are like me and having to fix up a Ruck situation... Oh, you're not going to Gorn. Yeah, I don't think so. But get this as well. So, Grundy's 69% time on ground compared to Gorn's 87% time on ground. Yeah. So, it, it shows me that probably Gorn, in Melbourne's eyes, has more string to, strings to his bow. So, when he's not purely in the Ruck, he'll, he'll do a different role, which helps his scoring. What about the other on the other side of the ruck line, Tim English? How did you how did you see? I mean, again, yeah, he, I missed the game. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to. He looked good, man. Like he yeah. did his best to go against these two. When you're um, going against these two and you pop out of one fifteen, you must have done something, all right? Yeah. So I, I look if he stays out on the ground, he is every chance to be the highest scoring ruckman this season yeah. as well. So I think you've got a three headed race between English, uh, Gorn, and Rowan Marshall um, to yeah. get there as the number one scoring ruck. Like English, he just he just does everything so well. They use him in the patches of play. They look for him in linking play, kicking the ball. He gets yeah. marks. He gets disposals. He still tackles. He still gets hits out, hit outs. Um, so, look, I think if you've got him, obviously you keep him hold of him. And uh, a lot of us will probably be looking to get him in at some point. Yeah. Uh, for those, I guess it's just sort of picking your moment uh, when you do so. In terms of uh, Mr. Chandler... My nemesis yes, now. Cade Chandler. Yeah. It, Popped out, a, what is it, 104. And he looked good. He looked yeah, really good, It actually. sucks, man. When I was sitting there at um, at dinner just watching those scores go up, my, my mood just deteriorated every time <laughs> he scored a point. Hey, I, Seven yeah. tackles, eight marks. He was working up the ground like a madman. Kicked a goal, two behinds. So he could have been bigger. There were some easier goals that he probably should have kicked. Um, that his could have been worse. score could have been bigger, to be honest. Um, Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Um, I think he's a huge priority for a lot of teams to get in. Yeah, he definitely is. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, he's not going to pop that out every week. But no, the, the he doesn't way need to the, anymore now. Exactly. That's the way the pricing works, is that when he has that big score, his break-even dives, it'll be negative ridiculous. So and he's negative 27 at the moment in terms yeah. of his break-even. So he just has to front up to score, to, to if he goes, money. If he, goes, um, uh, if he goes something like 60 across the next three weeks... Um, What's yeah. he scored? 104. I'm just using Marrera's Magic's little price calculator here. It's going to be ridiculous. The- he, he goes 60 for the next two weeks, and he makes an extra $110,000 in two weeks. So I think he'll be the most priority rookie for most people, because I'm assuming that most people already have he's shoes. Only, or have he's only be. in 10% of sides, so he yeah. was someone that a lot of people did miss. 
Um, so it's yeah. going to really hurt me to to not be able to get him this week. So I'm going to have to yeah. do Kelly and Jerry, and I'm not going to do something ridiculous and go Kelly. He down still to might like even be worthwhile getting next week, depending on how he goes. Yeah, but, um, he's someone that should easily get himself to 400k plus. Yeah, um, and so with his price tag of number 260, you're still making a lot of money by getting him in now. So I think yeah. of the guys that I'm expecting a lot of people to not have, he to me, if again, assuming you don't have Jinbi. Assuming, assuming you have Jimby and Sheasel those other guys that, um, yeah. like Sheasel that you should have started with, yeah. Kay Chan, I think, is probably the number one priority to jump on. Get those rookies right. Get the cash going, which is the number one thing to think about at the start of the season. Yep. Yep. Anyway, should we have a look? to talk about this year? Jack McRae. Oh, uh, we just kind of lumped him in with Bonton and, and he kind of did all right. Yeah, um, but I think he's the same one. You just you wait, you watch, you don't trade. Um, you just sort of yeah. yeah. He's, there's not much to do there. Yep. So all right, let's move on to the next Sun, game. Sun there. Sydney. Sun City, this is... Now, you were just creaming your jeans, weren't you, watching this one? Yeah, I I knew he had a good matchup, but I wasn't necessarily expecting this kind of a ceiling from a Jared Witts. But 137, I think he might have been the second or third highest scorer of the round. If you were to graph, like, my mood and Mitch's mood, it's (laughs) like, I'm like... When you're like shooting for the stars, <laughs> and I'm like, I was Fuck trying this. not to, I was trying not to let it get too much to my head, but I did. Uh, and you're probably like texting me, going, "Oh, really sorry, yeah, mate," but you sneakily just I think like I let one yeah. little text go. Oh, I was pretty happy with my ruck choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I got on here for it. One thing I think I outscored you, your, your R two by over a hundred points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was effective. Oh, I was going to say it was effective with the difference between our scores, but I think you had a bit more. A little that. bit, a little bit, but yeah, yeah I think um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a good pick, obviously, to start Definitely. the season. It's it, you know, it's pick. a way you want to keep going, but obviously, coming up against that Sydney team where they had you know a few ruck injuries going on there, I think yeah. Adams even got subbed out. We just score well. They so just go, no, no, have some more points. Have some more, yeah. yeah. So I think obviously temporary expectations, but I do think he's someone that can push mid nineties for the yeah, season. Like three hundred so. hitouts or something, didn't he? Yeah, what did he have? Fifty one. Um, it's close enough to 351 hit outs, but that's, I was most encouraged by the disposals. Actually, 25 he, disposals. Yeah, that's he good. He had five marks. He is someone that does get a lot of his points from hit outs, but the fact that he also had a decent amount of disposals in there as well encourages me a little bit as well. 87 percent time on he, ground. He almost is, uh, had more hit outs than Rory Led had points. That's true. It's getting pretty close. Yeah, Within, I think it's nine. Legs yeah, we'll was we'll touch on him later and have a bit more of a victory lap. With that <laughs> victory lap. I'll but, get the streamers. Um, again, I, you're looking at getting Cherry up someone. If you had to pick between he and a Sean Darcy, who are you going? And I can't pick English. It's Oh, well, okay. Let's throw English in there. Like, What are you, what are you thinking For me, in terms I think of your, it's, your upgrade at this stage? It's probably Monday? Wits or English. I, I think... The priority would definitely be English, but then that huge score from Wits jumps out at you. However, if you look at the matchup, you go, well, English scored against Gorn and Grundy, a 115, yeah. and then Wits um, did it against no Ruckman. So yeah. maybe that leans me towards English. However, I think there is still a little bit of a price difference there as well. Yeah, so English is um, over the 900. So let me just double check. He's 909. Yeah. Uh, Jared Witz is now at 834. And, and Sean Darcy is against? still down at 770. He comes up against North. North. my days. So old man Goldstein, you'd expect to be back in there. And then he goes up <laughs> against uh, Eagles. So again, yeah, that's another okay. easy matchup. Um, wow. So I think that if I was to rank them in terms of trade priority just for value for dollars, I would actually have Sean Darcy number one. But for me, that like after the the absolute debacle of the weekend, for me that feels like I'm getting cute. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm completely I, wrong. Yeah. But do you I know, know what, what I mean? You're like, saying. It's such a debacle that I almost just want to put an end to it and go. You just I'm want getting to go straight to the top. I'm getting whoever everyone else has, and I'm just if he no, goes I feel down, like, then I feel I, like then you put yourself at like 
Because, again, it's... We I can't, can't bridge the gap. Is that what you mean? Well, like, yeah, you can't bridge the gap. And also, like, we can't necessarily predict injuries, you know? Like, yeah, we're not we going to say here and go, okay, yeah, <laughs> English is going to be fine because he's the most expensive and Sean Darcy is the most likely to get injured nah, because he's the I, cheapest. Yeah, I agree with you there. Do, do but you know it's, I mean? e- it's easy to say from that side of the desk. I know. <laughs> yeah, I've got no emotion attached to it right now. But um, if I was, again, for my listeners who maybe maybe aren't or probably are quite as scared as Luke, <laughs> if you've got the cherry situation, yeah. I would go Sean Darcy number one personally. I'd probably have English number two and Wits, wits. Yeah. third, just because that gap is now smaller between Wits and English because of the big score of a Wits. Remember, guys, and, yeah. and this is... We, we probably hear this a lot every year. When you trade a player in, you're not getting the score that they put up the last <laughs> week. That doesn't count to your average. You're telling me that doesn't count. No, you don't get that score. Did you, you not know that? No, I oh, thought you, well, you banked you that one. Oh, yeah, no, no, this no. This is bullshit. It turns out you only get what they score from when you mate, trade them in. Then nah, on. that's yeah. shit. I didn't read that in T's and C's. <laughs> yeah, fine print, mate. You've got to go dig in for that one. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so what they score from here forward, you, you missed out on that 137. So, for me, I actually think... Uh, Just say it one more time that I missed out on it. You did miss out on that 137. <laughs> yeah, I beat you by 100 points you plus. You freak. <laughs> uh, what do Errol we got? Gulden. We got oh. to talk about that boy, Errol. Yeah, and, and anyone, who, yeah, anyone who was saying, oh, he's not going to come out and score 180 every week. Yeah, we get no that. Shit, like, we know. But the role... Still, I'm happy with that. Absolutely. And we also, we also came out and, and said quite public too, we don't expect him to have 70% CBAs every week. So yes. 50% for us was enough to suggest that the role was there and that he would um, outperform what he was... Um, priced at and the other interesting thing too was that he actually had more CBAs than I think Callum Mills and there was another notable yeah, maybe Callum Mills, it uh, wasn't Parker it was, it was, no, it was Robottom I yeah it was. Robottom yeah. so interesting there I think um, Sydney have tweaked a few things yeah, potentially so I think it was Luke Parker way out in front yeah. as the number one midfielder in terms of CBAs and then it was uh, Goulden and um, Chad Warner sort of second rung there. I think Robottom wasn't far behind and then sort of your Mills was a little bit further back. So yep. concerning signs for Callum Mills and if you did jump on him as a bit of a unique, he might be a kind of a player that I would say maybe you might want to jump off just because the role yeah. is concerning. He still has enough value on his head that you'll be able to get something decent for it. It might be enough to get a bit of a restructure. Um, so that one to me is not necessarily on the back of a poor performance, but on a roll flag that I am concerned about, uh, which I was a little bit concerned about in the preseason, which is why he wasn't really an option for me. But if you've got most of the rookies, say for example, um, and you know your mid prices are doing okay, or if it's the cash you need to do a bit of a restructure, then Callum Mills I think is maybe your ticket to do that, and I would tick that off. Assuming you don't have any other more pressing concerns, yeah, and that's and it's not because you're reacting to a score; it's because you're reacting to a role at this early point in the season. I think that still is is a true fact. Is yeah. that you know he's got a lot of cash on his head, and you can yeah. use that cash well. I yeah. think so. Um, yeah, he's still yeah nine hundred sixty four k. His break even is one thirty eight, and if he's still playing on that wing off half back a little bit as well, then I don't see him getting close to what he put up last year. Yep. Uh, he still is a gun, so and and he can fluctuate week to week, but yeah, it's um it's not not promising signs. Uh, let's move on to the next game let's there on the Sunday. So this was the Giants Adelaide game, if I'm correct. Am I? Am I? Am I? You are correct. Yeah. You are correct. Now that yeah, there was there was some positive vibes in the house uh, oh, yes. during this game, and then yeah. it, it went south. Pretty. So quick. Josh Kelly was looking good. What did he have? I think it was like 90, uh, the last was the last quarter he went down. Yeah, um, I think he ended up with ninety one. So ninety one, I think that was early. He, in, so in so the he, final he had eighty nine to three quarter time, and I'm sitting yeah. there thinking, 
Here we go. Here we go. We've got a pod here. Credibility it's... for the ball boys too. Yeah. I was thinking yep, this absolutely. is one of our picks and he's going to go 120 here. Um, he looked he, at, at certain points he was sort of catching Tom Green there in, in terms of um, the scoring and then like I said he, he went and had the head knock and uh, it looked bad straight away didn't it? It was not one of those ones that you look at and think oh I'll just wait and see like the legs were moving and no, there was, was there was, was carry on. People on. were running yeah, in and so I, you know naturally I stormed out. I, I, out slammed, I slammed the door <laughs> Um, you know the toys, you know, went flying out of the cot. Yeah. Um, so you know that's what fantasy does to us. Yeah. Look, if if you've got like, say you were in the horrible position where you've got Stuart, Cherry, oh. and Kelly, then obviously he's the guy that's going to be returning the soonest. So you fix up those other guys that yeah. are longer term injuries. But yeah. this time of the year, I think that more than likely it's a trade. If you have someone that you can loop on your midfield, say you've got a Holden's on your bench. You loop him, he goes off for a hundred or something crazy. You might hold. Then you might hold, hoping that it's a one week absence, and maybe use that to get some of those other rookie fix ups. Yep. But again, you're sort of waiting and banking on a player like Hollands, who does play the first game of the round, to so do that. So that might be something that you're waiting for, but not expecting that to necessarily be the case. Yeah. In a case like that, like what would you like say? Although I think you've got Hollands on the ground. Is that right? Uh, only because remember the way it worked out, I actually had to trade McKenzie. Sorry, I had McKenzie. Right. But okay. The so restructure. Did... Move him onto the bench. Yeah, so I ended up having holds on the ground and McKenzie sitting on the bench. The way it worked, I couldn't so get what, him on after Thursday. With that but... in mind, what like say what if Hollands comes out and scores an eighty? Like, are you keeping Josh Kelly in that situation? Uh, if he scores an eighty, I'd almost be tempted to, just because it would maybe allow me to use the trade to potentially yeah. get Chandler yeah. and because I'm in that kind of interesting situation. Um, the other thing too is I really like Josh Kelly as a pick. Yeah. I like watching him play. Oh, he looks I, like a gun. You know, um, I liked what we've spoken about about him yeah. through in the preseason. So Everything you saw we backed that up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it would almost be, it would just be generally disheartening to have to trade him out yeah. after, <laughs> I know yeah. I'm probably going to be forced to, I, I get yeah. that, but it would kind of suck. Yeah, it, it is one of those tough things. I think when we get closer to round five, round six, and we're in upgrade season, one-week injuries, I think we've sort of seen in the past with a player like Cripps who did his hammy, missed um, a week, came back, and he was he was good to go. The The right play there was to hold a player like that so you yeah. can get that upgrade. We're in the, the phase right now with our trading that we're just doing fix-up trades here and there. The cash, the rookies haven't made enough cash yet for us to downgrade and use that for an upgrade. So. Yeah. Typically, if you've got an injury, it's it, you're gone. You need those points on the field. Um, you need to fix that up straight away. But yeah. I think there is a scenario where if there is a good score on the bench, you're comfortable with taking that, and you can get a rookie that you might otherwise miss. Yeah, I think there is an option, but it's just picking that line on what, how much that's worth, which is the tricky thing. So, I think maybe if it's an eighty, I'm yeah. saying that's that's good enough for me. Yeah. Something below that, I'm a bit. Bit sketchy, bit on. sketchy, and bit unsure on. Yeah, you'd be um, leaving points on the board, but th- there's no harm in looking, is there? You yeah. Know? So, so I think I think just just bringing that to everyone's attention, mm. I think, is also valuable, and just not locking yourself maybe in something on that first night. Yeah. So you can have a look at Holland's and then and then go from there. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we want to talk about, which we alluded to earlier, the uh, the big man, the million dollar man, yeah. who is not actually not only the not the only million dollar man anymore, but Rory Laird came out and scored a disgusting, <laughs> disgusting 57. Wow. Don't, don't hold back. He wasn't even tagged, Luke. He wasn't even tagged. Um, now, I don't know if this was... Uh, it was reports about a lot of hot weather down in Sydney or something like that, but the other team seemed to handle it fine. You know, <laughs> the other guys no, on the can't. other side of things scored well. So, Rory Laird, 57. Um, just uh, 
I think oh, his, his break even is like 180, I think. Yeah, 174 I've got oh, here. So anyone he's who going score to absolutely him, lose <laughs> cash. He had two tackles, two marks, 18 disposals on the weekend. Um, you know, it was only one free against. So it wasn't even like that was like hugely, you know, bringing his score down. Just, just a really poor effort for him. And if you started with him... It's a lot uh, of money. In some well, ways, would you agree in some ways that... that Sort of performance could it be even harder to stomach than maybe than like what happened to oh, me absolutely. with Kelly? Because Ab- absolutely, I mean, you got more points out of Kelly. You spent less money out of Kelly, and, um, and, and he was proving to be a good. It pick. was proving to be a good pick. It's clear cut. You trade him, you get him out yeah. of your side, you move on. Whereas this, I still don't think you trade Led. What are, you, what are think, your thoughts? I don't think you trade him either. If you've committed to get him, yeah, in, I think he. I think you stick it out. Um, Unless because the role's the same. The role is there. He could come back next week and still be. The guy, yeah. different to a Mills where I thought the role was a bit different. The role is here. You just hope that he comes back. Look, I was always in the camp that you don't get Rory Laird yeah. anyway. And this, look, I didn't expect it to be this bad. But for us people that didn't start with him, we are now licking Vindication. our lips. <laughs> He's like, coming to us. Come round five, six, seven. He is going to be at a very, very nice price for us. And yeah. uh, and we're going to jump on a lot cheaper than those who started him round one did have. But if yeah. you did start him round one, I would still, obviously, I'd be holding him. And, yeah. um, you know, he still might bounce back. I, I wonder what this does for those who did start about start him in terms of, like, the confidence in putting a captaincy on him. Like <laughs> It's hard to do it after a 60, I'd imagine. After who do they, doing that. Who do they like, play this next week? Yeah, that's actually a good question. Who do they play? They have... Down the bottom there. I think their last it? game. Oh, no, that's GWS there. Oh, sorry. Uh, they got the Tigers. Uh, so you'd think he'd go well against the Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers aren't tagged. tagging him, but no so, one tagged him this week. <laughs> yeah, no one's tagged him this week. Where is that game? I think, curiosity, is it in Adelaide? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's in Adelaide. Yeah. Surely he bounces back. I think I'd still back him in as a decent captain option. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, tough tough start for Laird owners. I can't see... I know Bales uh, was yeah, very poor Bales and even, even um, Calvin, I think, was fuming. Um, <laughs> what... I just can't see the, the cash grab large enough that you'd... Like feel the need to go oh, layered down to someone. Do yeah, I mean? he's like, gonna he's gonna like the worst thing in the world would be trade him out, yeah. trade him to a player like Tom Green, yeah. for example. Tom Green, it just flips the other way. Tom Green goes sucky. Rory Laird comes out, drops a one thirty on your head, yeah. and you're sitting there going, "Why? What am I doing?" And then you just you, you're on you've just compounded your, your exactly issue you're so, back and forth. Yeah, in my opinion, those kind of guys you definitely hold. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, it's put your step behind from the rest of the comp that didn't start with him, but um, the reason you have him there is because his ceiling is so big. Correct. You just hope that that comes in the next round. Yep, I would agree. Um, anyone else that we want to touch on? Uh, my boy Dawson in there. Yeah. Did a- okay, 92 points. A little bit under is what we'd hoped for, but I think a lot of those um, Adelaide oh. guys struggled. Um, that was one good thing. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, marking or tackling going on in that game. I think a lot of people were. There was a lot of cramping and people struggling course, yeah. with issues there. So I yep. think the heat was affecting a lot of other players. We kind of vaguely mentioned Tom Green there, but obviously performed really well. We mentioned him at the top of the show. So he's. if people are trading to him, I'm definitely not um, suggesting that they shouldn't do that. Um, I might even be one of those people. I think I think he's probably top two targets in terms of like a, under a discounted premium in your midfield, yep. like he and What's LDU even now? Uh, are probably the two guys that I'd be looking at. I still think that LDU is the priority over a Tom Green, um, but obviously I think Tom Green was one of the best performing midfielders in the round. Yes. Um, 782K. Plays the Eagles next week. Plays the Eagles, break even of 65. <laughs> so he's still going to make you a bit of more money. But again, like you mentioned before, he came out to a hot start last time. The yeah. encouraging thing is the marks. Yes, yeah, for but sure. But... 
there's still a little bit in me that thinks that I don't... Yeah, put it this way. Would you be surprised if he had zero marks next week? I wouldn't. Yeah, I exactly. wouldn't be surprised. It's like... I, I have him pegged at like high 90s. Average for the a- season. Average for the season. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. I, had, I had him pegged at like a 97, 98 at the start of the season. Maybe yeah. now that I've seen that game, he's like a 99, 100. Okay. I don't see him going like 105, which you would want him to be to be a season-long keeper. Yeah. Um, but this could, again, you know, me with Patrick Cripps last season... Yeah. I buried my head in the sand. Uh, look, eventually I was proven right, but it hurt a lot at the start of the year. So yeah. this could be another situation like that for me. I'm not ruling that out. Yeah. It's not typically the type of player I like to go for, but it, it did look good uh, from the few uh, things that we saw. So it did, it um, did. he's popular. Uh, Callahan, should we briefly talk yes. about? Callahan. Yes, I, I thought he performed well. He he was um, the guy that I traded in with Sherry. So yes. had he gone very poorly, poorly then I, I think I would have been in a bit of strife. And I think yeah. he added a couple of mark kicks to his score late, which he did. were really good I think good he had a see. plus 12 in the last like minute, like a couple of just chipping around. Can I get, if you've got the app there, yep. can you have a look at his final quarter and just double check if he had any CBAs for me in that? Um, so you can sort of go up to the top, go to the advance, and then scroll down and do more. Um, I'll break it down my quarter here. Yeah, Does it, have yeah. the, it doesn't have the CBOs in this breakdown. Uh, I'm not sure there. Pass I'll the, check that for you. Pass the tools over here, man. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll get you going. But I just wanted to see if he benefited go, more from like Kelly leaving or if it was just the fact that the game was kind of wrapped up at the end there and he kind of just got a little bit of... Um, I, didn't, uh, I didn't notice necessarily. I think... Uh, I actually don't think he had too many CBOs from the, for the whole game, to be perfectly honest. But I don't think he benefited a heap from Kelly leaving. It's not like he then went out and popped a forty-point quarter. I don't think. Yeah, That's my so understanding I'm, of how I'm it looking went. at he he had one centre bounce in the final uh, term. He did have he did have a big score from memory in the last uh, last but quarter. You he had add, 30, Thirty-seven in the last quarter. But you add twelve to that waxing in the back line, so yeah. twenty-five. Know, yeah. So is his score maybe? A seventy-one instead of a twenty instead of an eighty-three. Yeah, maybe. A seventy-one maybe like inflated. just passed. Yeah, whereas eighty-three, um, you feel a bit more confident. Eighty-three is a bit better. So, I still think that it's not one you're fixing, but is it? No, I don't think you're fixing it. But I just wouldn't be surprised if next week he comes out and it's not as positive. Yeah. Um, maybe with a full game of no Josh Kelly, he does get and they have a bit more time to game plan. That he does get a bit more time inside. They have talked about him Got getting the Eagles next week. wing and inside time. So I don't think you're fixing him. I don't necessarily think he's someone you'd have to jump on, uh, no, for no, example, though. No. Um, but if you have him, I think you just hold him on. Yeah. All right. Anyone else we need to talk about in this team here? What about the uh, the rookie there, um, our boy, the cyclist? Yeah, he played well, hey? 70 points, mate. Yeah, he got, a goal. got on his bike for sure. Six marks. He got up the ground. Um, is he someone? So if we have, if you say you already got a Kate he Chandler. And, he and Chandler, I didn't expect to do that, hey? Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't see... You know, obviously hard-working players, but I didn't expect that from round one. Yeah, so again, you sort of, yeah, it's going to kickstart his cash generation For here. Sure. So I wouldn't expect that to keep up. I don't think he's someone that you move onto your field nah. or anything like that because of that. You but get Chandler before him for sure. Chandler before him, but he also could be someone that, I think he does have decent job security. Um, that oh, I would be. have said better than Chandler prior to. Prior to, and that's why this. I started with him over at Chandler. Yeah, um, yeah. So... Uh, so he is someone that if you are looking for a fix-up, if, say, come the team's uh, names, some guys are dropped, he could be a guy that you pivot to. Yeah. Let's move on to the next game. Let's the Hawks versus Essendon. 
We've got to talk about the Warpedo. This was the, just uh, a high-scoring game overall, wasn't it? This was a high-scoring game. Uh, from memory, and I'm looking at the stats right now, a lot of yep. marks, I want to say. Plenty of marks. Well, we had 15 marks for Sicily, 14 for Laverde, 11 for McDonald, 10 for Setterfield, 10 for Langford, 9 for Hardwick, 9 for Dylan Moore, 8 for Bramble, 8 for Day, yeah. 8 for Ward. Like, it's just obnoxious. 8 for Ridley, 8 for Thatcher. Yeah, so how so much Thatcher. of this can we learn from... Um, I want to I want to talk specifically about James Wolfe because we've been on the train that we've been anti James. Yeah, Wolf people so will be far. coming at us for sure. So people are probably you know puffing their chest up, taking their victory laps, and and rightfully so. He looked well. Again, I didn't actually watch much of this game. Um, but he's still KO in the AFL. They can't separate the games and not have them overlap yet. Um, don't know why. Anyway, just a little. Pet did you want to watch this game? I did want to watch this Hawthorne game. Essendon. Um, you know, I've got my boy Will Day in there to watch, and you know, but anyway, it's. Is this something that, you know, relieves our fears of Warple a little bit more? Like, what are we thinking in terms of confidence on, as non-owners, yeah. jumping on him as maybe a way to get some cash to fix yeah. up some of our rookies? Well, uh, it, it, I found it really interesting because our concerns on Warple were almost on display within that game. So, from my understanding of watching the scores, he's, he had almost 40 points in 40 a quarter. In the first quarter. And then he ended the half on, what, 40 uh, just I think it was 39 or something like that. Um, if I have a look here. So, you know yeah, I mean? 32 in the first quarter. He must yep. have lost a few late in that quarter because we did see, I think he was at 40. Early before, on, there, before there the was a 40, was wasn't there? So, um, for me, then, that kind of exemplified the fact that he, he can score and then really seven quickly. in the second quarter. Exactly. He can score quickly and then it can dry out really quick. And so, that's not only shown, you know... 35 we, in quarter three. And then, if I look at quarter four... Um, I'm still scrolling down. I must have missed him. Where yeah. is he? But yeah. But, so I think it's not only shown week to week, but it's shown within the game. His yeah. scoring can go obnoxiously good and it can also go obnoxiously bad. So that it didn't... Um, two in the last quarter. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's He's probably not the guy that I'll be jumping on. Did we Just, touch on Sheed? Earlier? No, we didn't. We'll have to go back and talk okay. about him. But. Yeah, well, well, let's talk about him now. So like, if we're comparing those two, because they are linked a lot. Like, are you, if you have, and we are in this situation, are you doing, are you considering like a sheet down to a wobble to make cash to do something else? Because um, mm. essentially you're... Well, I can't. Uh, well, but yeah, like you, in but terms yeah. of, yeah, people. Um, sheet down to wobble. I didn't think Sheed's game was as bad we as the We watched a lot of that game and, and the, he was near a the, lot of things. There were so, so many, many tackles that he could have had that teammates just gave away free yeah. just beforehand. Ball just um, bouncing the other way. But he was putting himself in positions to score. I think he had 75% CBAs. I think he was like the highest in the team, actually. I think there's better things to do with your trades than to trade Sheed. I, th- I mean, it depends who you've got, and if you if you desperately want to go down to Warple and Sheed, you feel is your only option, then by all means do it. But I just I wouldn't I wouldn't completely poo poo it at this stage. Um, for like, most people, I think they have better things to do with their trades. Yeah, uh, maybe. Oh no this this is Mitch's face where he's thinking about doing it. <laughs> I think it's, it's part of potentially my plans. Um, I need to get a little bit of cash. Aren't you living get, the bloody high life? To get one of those basement price rookies Fuck up me. to a uh, Cade Chandler. Um, so I need to find a little bit of cash, and you know, with the rest of my team just doing so well, um... <laughs> it's hard to listen to, folks. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. I'm really laying it on, aren't I? <laughs> on purpose. Nah, it's all good. Art. But uh, yeah, I think that's something that I will consider when we talk about trade targets later on in the week. Um, I'll have a bit more of a definitive answer of which way I am leaning to go. So, yep. um, another one of this game, Will Setterfield, another one of those guys that popped a huge score, one twenty-two. 
Um, again, around that Dom Sheed sort of price tag, 10 marks, 6 tackles, 25 disposals. Did it in only 77% time on ground. Kicked a goal as well. I will just pump the brakes. He's not going to verse Hawthorne every week. Um, so And the Hawthorne players aren't going to verse Essendon every week either. Th- that's it right. Was, so it was a mark fest. There was lots was... and lots of fantasy points to be had in this, team, in this game. So, look, great round one start. If you have him, good on you. Yeah. Um, I know a few credible coaches do have him on yeah. their side, and, and it's a good pick so far. I'm a little bit concerned that it's unrealistic. Like, if you just take these games out from the start of round one, who scores more from here for the rest of the season, Sheed or Setterfield? What are your thoughts? What's um, what, what was Setterfield's CBAs actually from this game? Let me have a quick so look. Setterfield's 6.48. Look, um, I... Oh. It, so the Setterfield, Setterfield was second behind Parrish in terms of CBA. So the, Setterfield, the role was there. That's what I mean. I think the Setterfield role is actually a pretty solid one. I think they've brought a fella in. They're going, you're playing in the guts. Wasn't talk about him like tagging and stuff like that, potentially? From I don't games? know. From my understanding, I, I don't so I know. So Caldwell was supposed to be their tagger. He only had yeah. two CBAs in the game. I don't, I don't know Essendon inside and out, but I don't think I'd be wasting somebody as talented as Setterfield on, yeah. on a tag. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I can see him. I can see him outscoring Sheed. I still don't think I, I it's a trade it's, it's, it's I'm going to make scenario. this week. It's a scenario that could definitely happen. I'll have to. I'll have to go through and, and maybe even watch some of this game to see what I get from the eye test. Um, but he's definitely someone that we need to consider as an option with that role. The the stats say that he's um, he's got a good good role there. And if the game style is that they are chipping the ball around, which again we saw in the practice game, we've seen a little bit here now as well. Um, can lend itself to some good scoring. So, yeah, uh, not someone I considered too highly in the preseason, but I think maybe yeah. someone that I might have overlooked. Yeah, could make us reconsider. Let's go to the final game of the round: the Frio Dockers versus the St Kilda Saints. Um, our boy Hayden Young, talk about your move here. Well, this that was, was uh, the one positive thing that you had on the weekend it was I, I was what would it have been it would have been Saturday night really late I was laying there in bed mulling things over and I thought oh, I need to be proactive I need to do something before lockout to try and get this sherry situation sorted and so what I what I came to was Dawson down to Young so it made me some points on the weekend and it also made me some cash to fix some things up with which is really it was nice to finish on a, on a good note yeah 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 so um, our boy Hayden Young 118 outscored Nick Dacos, by the way. Just want to quietly slip yeah, that one in there. Because I know they were compared a lot in the preseason. How interesting was that Frio scoring yeah, in the back so line? Luke Ryan, 156. Brennan Cox, 141. 20 marks for Brennan Cox. <laughs> uh, Luke Ryan at 13, as did Hayden Young. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're chipping it around. Jordan Clark had 11 marks as well. So... Still sticking with that game style, chipping the ball around there. So yeah, I think St Kilda's forward line let them do it. They did far too just easily. Boot the ball out, you know, when they were stuck in their defensive fifty, just to get it out, and they picked off a few that way. They did. I don't um, think it's going to happen that way every week. You know, I mean, yeah, I think we're looking again. We're looking at defenders against St Kilda. I think is one thing I'm also taking away from this. Yeah, we saw it in the preseason with the Essendon defenders. We've seen it again here now. So yeah, I think that's something to keep in mind. But they do have a friendly run still, St Kilda. I'm uh, sorry, Frio. So up against North this week. Who would you rather go to? Say you've got to fix up a Tom Stewart or someone yeah. like that. Would you rather trade in Hayden Young or Nick Dacos? If you had to go to one. I'm still Hayden Young, personally. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I'm, I'm going to revert back to the thing I said in the very first podcast we did. 
I'm. Who do you like to watch? Exactly. From yeah. this point, I'm not going to make the, the fuck ups that I have. That this was your weekend. rule, man. It was my rule. I went away from my rule. And even though I think Nick Dacos is going to pop out 70s in the next six weeks at some love point, to watch him at least. I like to watch him. The you guy. At least fall back on that if it goes pear shape. For me, Hayden Young and Nick Dacos are almost a little bit of just a. They're like a juxtaposition, aren't they? Yeah. It's, you've got Hayden Young, who's just an immensely talented footballer, great kick, but he's not just running around demanding every single possession. Yeah. When Nick Dacos is in the vicinity, oh. he's screaming for. For it. He's he moving sideways. Up. He's getting yeah, on absolutely. the forty-five. Almost too much, really. So at least you can sit there and think, my bloke's trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my bloke is trying to score for my fantasy yeah. team. Whereas yeah, Hayden, yeah, yeah. even though Hayden Young scored a one eighteen, I, I was actually frustrated watching it. We were watching it together, and yeah, you could, he could have, he could have gone way bigger. Honestly, yeah, if he, bigger. if he was like. Dacos, I reckon in that same game, Dacos would have scored 160. Oh, 100. <laughs> you know what I mean? Crazy in that back. So line. there's my long answer to uh, your question. Yeah, look. Okay, you're going to go Dacos. I'm still going to go, go young. young just because, again, the matchup against Port Adelaide this week, Hayden Young's coming up yep. against Kangaroos. Uh, their price is still very similar. Um, look, I think at the end of the year, they're going to be very close. Um, so for me, it's just almost like the immediate return of that. Maybe you're going to be able to get Dacos a little bit cheaper down the line a little yep. bit as well. If he has a few tough runs, I think he might have a few tags coming up I mean, at the end in of a few the weeks day. as well. So Hayden Young's staying in the team. <laughs> yeah, you've got him. We, we're on the ride now, man. We're on the Hayden Young ride now. So, so, um, and also we'll talk about a guy that we didn't have on our captain's choices because of a tag, but he mm. didn't end up getting tagged. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw scored a 114. The tag actually went to Caleb Sarong in that game, which I never would have predicted. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if it was a hard tag, but more of just like a run with roll. But yeah, Brayshaw, they let him do his thing. He got seven tackles, four marks, 114. You know, the the hard matchup that we thought at the start of the year, yeah. he went over his price. So yep. if he started with him as a, as a starting selection, I think that's going to be a good one because, again, we, we were concerned about this game, but again, we know that they have a good run coming up up against uh, North Melbourne this week. So yeah. he will be featuring quite highly in the captains this week, I would uh, guess. so. Definitely. You want to talk about um, your skipper for the weekend? Yeah, Jackie Steele. He um he just got there in the end. We were it cheering was, that last little we were, plus we six at the end to get him over the hundred mark. He almost didn't kick it before the siren. Oh, he, well. he took it. He took his time. <laughs> didn't he what did he mark it like seventeen seconds to <laughs> yeah. go, and he's just holding it there. Just holding assessed it there. all his options, mate. I'm like, just kick the ball, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that plus three. Uh, but yeah, hundred and two. Slight concerns for me, just in oh, the really? game style of okay. a St Kilda. He's by no means am I considering trading him, yep. but a little bit concerned that he might not be the 115 guy that I initially predicted him to be at the start of the season. He might just be that 108 to 110 guy, which is still fine. Like He's a guy that he's, he's lowly owned. He is under 10% owned, um, and we know he has a ceiling. So I'm when still happy s- to have him on my side, and I'll, yeah. I'll keep backing him. He might even be, again, my captain this week if, this week if, my, if my VC doesn't work again. So. And when you still anticipate a guy to be a top eight mid, you, you're not making that really reactionary trade at the start of the year, yeah. are you, when you've got other things you can do? He was still the number one scorer in the uh, the Steels team, and obviously when you've got a team like Freo who possess the ball like... In the Steels team? Sorry, what did I say? St. Kilda. In, in St. Kilda he's, he's had the team named he's after him now. skipper, mate. Come on. <laughs> it's his team. The but... St. Kilda Steels. <laughs> <laughs> That's got a nice ring to it, I reckon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think he's fine. I'm, I'm not considering trading him, and I think you, you guys should either as well. So... Um, we talked a little bit about Sean Darcy as well, so I, I think he's a good option if you're looking to fix that up. I'm not jumping on the Luke Ryan or Brennan Cox. Luke Ryan train. will give you 150, then I'll give you 70. Yeah, um, Brennan Cox. I know, yes, he had 20 marks. This will be his highest score of the year, I would go to expect. 
Um, I just I just haven't seen it enough yep. uh, for me to confidently jump on. I'm not mucking around with players like that. Uh, anyone else for us to touch on in this game? Caleb's wrong. If you were Caleb's wrong uh, owner, what would you be doing in that situation? Are you giving think... another week, considering the fact that he was tagged and he's still pumped out, 29 disposals? Yeah, I think you are, especially because it was a weird tag. It's not one that I think everyone will go to. No, I don't think you're going to see that often. Um, Ross does some interesting is, um, things. It's just, it's just when you compare him to players like LDU and Tom Green at a similar price point. Well, it depends who really you don't good. have. This doesn't yeah. it, in terms of what you do with your trades. It'd be a low priority. Yes. It could be a luxury move if you've got nothing better to do. Say you've got Kane Chandler. Yeah. You know, if you've you, got nothing better to you've do. You've got no... Oh, you, oh, to have nothing better to do. <laughs> if you've got all the main mid-prices, yeah, or, or like you say you're just missing one of those mid-prices, mid, mid, mid yeah. then Sorong might be your ticket to get there. Um, but yeah, low, low priority for me. Rowan Marshall. All good. We're not concerned, are we? Uh... Well, even if you are concerned, you're not trading him. No. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, there's, there's really no point in talking about it where he's at least getting another week for everyone. I'd be shocked yeah. if there's anyone out there advocating for trading him based on one poor I'm score. I'm pretty sure Frio were the hardest team to score against for rucks last year. Yeah. Uh, Sean Darcy is a very tough ruck to go up yeah. against. He just bashes you. Uh, dominated the hitouts there. So I yeah. think um, whenever we have someone come, against, come up against Frio with those rucks, expect yeah. probably a poor end of their average. So he had the role... Uh, not not worried about him. Yeah, I think it would just be a poor choice, and also like who are you, who are you trading to? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not. It'd like be pretty reactionary to go from him to like a wits or something yeah. like that. I think that nah. you'd, you'd find yourself similar to that Rory Laird kind of thing. Exactly, you'd, you'd, it might be flipped the next week. So don't bother. Uh, I would not be reacting to that. And the last guy I want to talk about here is Philippou uh, Matthias Philippou fifty four. It's a pass. It could have been who's, worse. Who's that? Sorry. Uh, the Philippusis. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, sorry, okay, I didn't recognise okay. who it was. All right, now that you've the... said Philippusis, <laughs> I, I understand. Philippusis. He was my F6. Was he on your ground too? He was on my ground. Yeah, I toyed up with... A lot of people faded him onto the bench, so I was a little nervous with having him on my field. I am still a little nervous having him on my field there, but... The Sheezel 118 helped. Yes, Do you it, know did. What I mean? it, it did. It did make it feel scored. a little bit better. Um, <laughs> it's like you've got an average of sort of, what... 70, 80 between your rookies, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think I think he's a kind of a guy that you could sort of see, you know, with a bit more experience, a bit more confidence that he could, um, you know, he could be the Cade Chandler next week or he could be yeah. the Luke Pedler and get those sort of out-of-the-box scores and work. He was working up the ground, so I like the way he goes about it. I just hope the role doesn't prevent him and um, he drops like a really good stinker on us next week. But I think in terms of... Structure. I'm fixing up my back line if I'm doing a structure trade yeah. first before I'm fixing up forward my forward line. line. Yeah, I think that would be the same for most people. But the good honest. thing is I think he's locked into your side. I don't think he's getting dropped or anything like that anytime soon. He played pretty well. Beautiful. That will do it for us it's today in terms, one, of the, uh, in terms of the review. Yeah. Lots, lots happening round one, man. So, it is. It is for sure. So uh, let us know down in the comments, guys, if you're watching over on YouTube, how your team went, what did you score, what are you ranked after round one. Remember, it's just one sample size, so throw those rankings pretty much out the window. I'm talking to you, Luke, here. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, and uh, yeah, remember, it's just one week. We've got plenty of time to catch up. Uh, podcast will be coming later on this week where mm. we'll go through all of the trade targets. We will, unfortunately, be recording after the Thursday night game. So I'll do a little bit of a tweet out, uh, maybe on where I sit with players like a Doherty. Um, who are Carlton Burson, actually, by the way? Is it Geelong? 
I want to say we have next week Carlton this week Geelong yeah. you got so it. I think um, the only real captain option there is is a Doherty so yeah. if you have him on your team it's a VC option but yeah. the rest of the captain options will go through on Friday and also after the teams drop our reactions there and our big trade targets so yeah. I think that will do it for us today guys and hopefully I can send us out here but make sure you guys <laughs> give us a subscribe make sure you like the video and we'll see you guys next time laters MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.